This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced from the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. Find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Joining a CSA is a little bit like signing up for a mystery box of produce every week. I have written several columns and mentioned in several blog posts and podcasts over the summer that my family decided to join BB Farm CSA in Central Point, which is a 16-week duration. So that means we've been getting produce starting in June, and we still have a couple weeks left in the season. Variety, of course, is the spice of life, and it does define seasonal eating and farming. So it's exciting to try to anticipate what might be in the box. Typical items, corn this time of year. I've yet to see really many tomatoes. Haven't seen any eggplant yet. We've had lots and lots of summer squash. We've had lots of cucumbers at this point. And a few things that I could have never anticipated, per se. Some weeks we get half a dozen eggs. That wasn't necessarily advertised with the CSA. We've received jars of local honey. And we've gotten little baskets of figs, little baskets of tomatillos, kind of obscure bits of produce, as well as microgreens, which are just really nice on anything we happen to prepare with what we're receiving. A constant, though, throughout the CSA's duration, or almost all of it, have been plums of numerous varieties. Tiny little plums, hardly any bigger than their pits, and big juicy plums, and the Italian prune plums, specifically the past few weeks. Some my kids just eat as snacks. I also like to turn the prune plums in particular into a compote that we like on yogurt in the morning or with granola. But we've gotten so many. I've actually frozen about a gallon of these plums, halved, and the pits pulled out. I weighed them and measured them so I knew exactly how much was in each bag. So either I could turn them into jam when I have some spare time once all this (laughs) preserving food season slows down, or use them in a variety of desserts. I love them in just easy tarts with store-bought puff pastry. I provide a link in my most recent blog post for a recipe of that nature. But there is a recipe that really caught my eye the past few weeks that would certainly wow my family. And it's the subject of my most recent blog post on September 22nd under the headline, Plum Tart Raises Fruits Wow Factor. This was a recipe that came courtesy of Tribune News Service. Their recipe testers adapted it from finecooking.com. Plum tart with lemon shortbread crust. And of course, lemon is a family favorite in my house. Who doesn't love shortbread as well? I've been experimenting with recipes like this, some bar cookie recipes, and this one just looks absolutely kind of over the top for what I usually do. And it's a process for sure, but I do mention in the blog post that you could prepare this in stages. You could mix up the plums with the sugar 
and the thickening agent and let it sit in the fridge overnight. You can make the short crust pastry and it does need to be refrigerated for a while before baking anyway, but you could even freeze it well wrapped and then make this at your leisure weeks down the road. There's several ways to go about this. I'll share the recipe in this podcast and you can decide how to go about plum tart with lemon shortbread crust. For the filling, it calls for a third cup plus a half tablespoon granulated sugar, which is white sugar, and that's a divided use. One tablespoon cornstarch, a pinch of kosher salt, a quarter teaspoon finely grated lemon zest, and 14 ripe Italian plums. These are also called the prune variety sometimes. That's about one and a half pounds, and each one of the plums should be pitted and sliced into slender wedges. Then for the tart shell, you'll need eight tablespoons cold unsalted butter that's been cut into half inch cubes. You'll also need more softened butter for preparing the pan. One large egg yolk, two teaspoons firmly packed finely grated lemon zest, a half teaspoon pure vanilla extract, one cup and three tablespoons unbleached all-purpose flour. You may need a bit more for the dough to come together a quarter cup granulated sugar, a pinch of table salt, and two tablespoons plum or peach preserves that can be commercially prepared or homemade. To prepare the filling for plum tart with lemon shortbread crust, in a medium bowl, whisk a third cup of the sugar with a one tablespoon cornstarch, the pinch of kosher salt, and the quarter teaspoon finely grated lemon zest. Add those 14 ripe Italian plums, that have been pitted and sliced into slender wedges and gently toss with your hands to evenly coat the plums and sugar. Cover the bowl and put in the refrigerator for at least three hours or overnight. This is going to start the process of the plums releasing their juice because that juice is gonna be reduced down and used separately from the actual slices of fruit in this recipe. So it's important to give it that time to rest, at least three hours or overnight. To make the tart shell, lightly butter the bottom and sides of a nine and a half inch fluted tart pan with a removable bottom. This is a very inexpensive piece of cooking equipment, one I purchased a number of years ago, and I find it really worthwhile. You can also make quiches that just come out beautifully in this nine and a half inch tart pan with removable bottom. Put those butter cubes, the eight tablespoons cold unsalted butter that's been cut into half inch cubes into the freezer. You want this butter really, really cold. And then in a small bowl, whisk the one large egg yolk with the two teaspoons firmly packed, finely grated lemon zest, and the half teaspoon pure vanilla extract. In the bowl of a food processor, combine the one cup and three tablespoons unbleached all-purpose flour, the quarter cup granulated sugar, and the pinch of table salt. Pulse a few times to combine that mixture. Add from the freezer that cold butter, crumble it in with your fingers, and pulse until the mixture is crumbly and mealy. A lot of people describe it as looking like damp sand. That'll take about 25 short pulses of the machine. Add the egg yolk mixture and blend it in using long pulses just until a moist, crumbly mass starts to form. That'll take about 15 three-second pulses. 
The dough won't really come together like some types of pastry dough, but when you squeeze it, reach down into the bowl, turn off the machine, of course, safety mechanisms should keep you from opening it, reach down in there, squeeze this dough, it should hold its shape in your hand. Transfer the dough to the buttered tart pan and then dip the bottom of a flat bottomed cup measuring cup in flour and use that to press the dough onto the bottom and the sides of a pan in an even layer. Start with the sides, which should be about a quarter inch thick, and then add more flour to the cup. Dredge it in that little bit of flour whenever it starts to stick to the dough. Wrap the pan in plastic and refrigerate it for at least an hour and up to a day. And as I mentioned, you could freeze this. Wrap it well in plastic wrap, put it in a large Ziploc bag, keep it in the freezer and thaw it out when you want it to proceed with the recipe. Pastry tends to freeze really well. You're gonna blind bake the tart shell first. Position a rack in the lower third of the oven and heat the oven to 375 degrees. Unwrap the tart shell and prick the bottom and side several times with a fork. Spray with nonstick spray one side of a piece of parchment, baking paper, or foil. Line the shell with the sprayed side down paper or foil, and then cover that with pie weights or dry beans. Set the tart pan on a baking sheet and bake it in the preheated 375 degree oven for 20 minutes. Then carefully remove that liner and the pie weights. If any dough sticks to the liner, peel it off and patch it back into the shell. Reduce the oven heat to 350 degrees Fahrenheit and continue baking the tart shell until the sides and the bottom are golden brown and dry, which takes 10 to 15 minutes more. Cool on a rack for about 20 minutes. Now it's time to fill this tart and you need to first drain the plums, reserving the juice in a sieve or colander set over a medium bowl. That'll take a few minutes, let all that juice drip out. And then pour it into a small saucepan and bring it to a simmer over medium heat. Reduce the heat to low and simmer, stirring occasionally until it's very thick for about three minutes. Scrape it into a small bowl and let it cool for about 10 minutes. Meanwhile, melt the preserves. Two tablespoons plum or peach preserves in a saucepan over medium-low heat, or you could microwave them in a small bowl until they're syrupy. Pour the preserves into the tart shell and evenly brush them over the bottom and the sides. This keeps that nice golden brown crust from getting soggy as well as just adding more flavor. With a rubber spatula, spread the plum juice over the preserves on the bottom of the shell. Starting at the edge of the shell, arrange the plum slices cut side down and tightly overlapping in concentric circles. You want this to look pretty. You've gone to the trouble of making this shortbread tart shell you want the tart to look as refined as possible. So take a little bit of time with it. If you have a few more slices than will fit in a circle, keep tucking them in wherever they fit. You can also pile a few into the center, kind of like making a little rosette that sticks up in the middle. 
sprinkle the surface with the remaining half tablespoon granulated sugar. Bake the tart in the preheated 350 degree oven directly on the oven rack. You can take it off that baking sheet until the plums are tender when poked with a paring knife and caramelized along their edges. A few tips may even start to turn black, which is fine. Those little caramelized crunchy bits are a nice contrast to the ripe, soft, juicy fruit. The crust should be a deep golden brown and any juices should be syrupy and bubbly. And this takes about 40 to 50 minutes. After you remove the tart from the oven, you can moisten any plums that have started to look dry by dipping a pastry brush into those juices that are kind of oozing up between the fruit and brushing it over the surface, just kind of redistributing that over portions of this plum topping that looks like it needs it. Then cool the tart in its pan on a rack for at least two hours before trying to unmold it and slicing with a very sharp knife to get the most precise slices possible and really emphasize this beautiful presentation, plum tart with lemon shortbread crust. And that's posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on September 22nd under the headline, Plum Tart Raises Fruits Wow Factor. That comes courtesy of Tribune News Service, adapted from finecooking.com. You can find that at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle, forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish, as well as a post from earlier in the week for homemade plum jam using more of the season's plums or save the recipe for later if you've frozen some like I have to taste summer all year. You can find more seasonally fresh, globally inspired recipes on my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading the whole dish.